going through a year's look at scripture memorization, applying God's word to our hearts, to our minds, in the hope that it will guide us in our lives and be a, a resource for us when, uh, when we need it to be, that those scripture passages will come to mind as we find ourselves in experiences and times when, when they will be a comfort and a help. And in the same way, I think Romans 12, 1 and 2, this is, this is powerful stuff. In today's verse, verse 2, this is powerful stuff that we need for today, that we needed probably for uh, yesterday and will definitely need for tomorrow as well. So I'm glad that we are applying this to our hearts, I hope. But if nothing else, at least we are applying it in our minds to memorize it. So as has become our practice, we're going to, to, to say this verse together a few times, and the words will be up there, and unfortunately this one's a little bit bigger, so I had to put it on two slides, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll go through it, and then we'll take a few of the words away and go through it again, take a few more of them away and, and go through again, just to, through repetition and through the removal of the words, hopefully to start memorizing it together. So let's say this one together this morning, shall we? Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, so now we're going to take away some of those words. Let's try this again without some of the, some of the bigger words there to help us. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, one more time. Here we go. Try this out. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, there's that word acceptable from last week that uh, we would be uh, making ourselves a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. And here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we hear that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect, and so we'll get there. But the primary focus for us today, what I really want you to understand when we're done with this, is the idea of being transformed. This, this is Paul's encouragement to us as we would present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. As we, as we present our lives, our, our whole selves to Him, as a living and holy sacrifice, he wants us to behave in certain ways, and the, predominantly is this instruction to be transformed. But first, what comes before it? He says in verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. If you're going to set yourself up as a living and holy sacrifice, that you're going to live your life on as as worship to God. And the word holy, it means to be separate, to be other. All right? So you, you, in a sense, separate yourself from the world. 
Now, obviously, we are still in the world, but as we are told in Scripture, we are in the world, but not of the world. Just like the high priests in Israel were in the community and they were in the nation, but they were separated from the nation. They did not get an inheritance of land. They lived among the people and their inheritance was the worship and the service of God in the tabernacle and then in the temple. As we separate ourselves, one of the things that we are instructed to do by Paul is do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Do not be conformed. Now this word, we're, we're going to go a little nerdy, all right, just for a little bit, have some nerd fun. The word conform, it's, it's from the Latin, right? The Latin word con, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right because I never took a Latin class, but the very first C-O-N, first three letters there mean together. And then the Latin word formare means to form, you know, to, to shape. So it's the idea of to, not necessarily to shape together, but that, that's kind of the idea, to, 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 to together have the same shape, you might say. So when we conform, we are taking on a shape, an outward appearance, based on those that we are with, that we are around. And the Greek word that is being translated here has a very similar meaning. It is also made up of two words. It's a compound word. The first word is sin, S-Y-N, not S-I-N. And it means to identify with. Sin, to identify with. The second word is schematizo, and it means having an outward shape. So very similar to the Latin, which means uh, to form with or together, to be formed like those that are around you. Uh, the Greek word, suschematizio, means having an outward shape that identifies with those that you are with. To be identified with others and have an outward shape that represents that. It's the idea of our behavior and our appearance being formed by outside influences. It's, it's saying, oh, this is the way everybody talks. I'm going to talk like that. It's saying, oh, I see that everybody dresses a certain way. You know, you, you get this at different schools, even in, in elementary, and maybe not so much in elementary, but definitely in middle school, high school. You know, we're, we're even in, in a similar town. I, I, I don't know what it is like today, but I know back, you know, a few years ago, the, the kids that went to Boswell and Saginaw and the kids that went to Saginaw High, they had a different culture in those two. Even though they're in the same city, in the same school district, they had a different way of dressing, a different way of behaving based on their school and who was in that school with them. And I'm, I'm assuming Chisholm Trail has the same thing going on. We are conformed by those around us. And, and this happens often, right? Uh, it even happens in churches. We can conform to the behavior around us. Now, uh, it happens a lot less, I think, these days, but it, it can where you, you notice certain, you know, everybody, I mean, if we, were to, if we were just to look around, we're mostly today dressed similarly, you know, most of the men are dressed like one another. Most of the women are dressed like... Not, I'm not saying nobody, anybody wore the same outfit. Not like that. But we, nobody is in here with a three-piece suit. You know? That's what I'm getting to. We're, we're predominantly mostly the same. We don't have outlandish differences. You know, we, we kind of conform. 
People go to a church and they find themselves either comfortable or not, and a lot of times it has to do with how much are these people like me in the first place. And so you'll go to a place and we'll find ourselves kind of fitting in to places that we feel comfortable in, that we, we look kind of like. But it doesn't just have to do with looks, it can have to do with behavior, that we discover that there's a certain way to behave within a group or a place, a workplace. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or or seen it happening, but going and working at a new location with new people, they have a way of operating and a way of talking. You might find yourself sliding into those ways of talking. I remember as a high school kid, uh, you know, first year on the football team and around all these older kids, and I was a ninth grader, and uh, I, I, I was kind of sore one day, and I went up to the line coach, and I said, Coach, my arm's given, and I won't, I won't fill in the blanks, but let's just say I tried to use the saltiest language I knew at the time as a ninth grader, and it, I mean, I think it, you know, it's, it's giving me hell or something like that, you know? Well, what I didn't understand, while all the other guys on the football team in this private Christian military boarding school maybe had some saltiness in the locker room or in their rooms when they were away from uh, authority figures, this particular authority figure had the build and the persona of a Southern Baptist deacon. I mean, you know, he was just, he was a good old boy. And when I went up and I tried to, you know, I'm trying to conform to the world around me and he let it be known very quickly. He didn't appreciate my conformity. And I just, I'll never forget because he said, well, I'll answer that question if you ask it different. And I, I picked up on what he was talking about. I said, coach, my arm hurts. What can I do about it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he let me know that he wanted me to conform to a different standard. Now, uh, one of the things that we see, and, and here's, here's one of the things I want to point out. Paul told Christians this in the first century AD. Do not be conformed to this world. That word, this world, it actually means this age. It, this world fits because we live in the world, and this age is always the age of the world. And this is what he's talking about. He wasn't talking about don't be conformed just to their age, but to the age that you're in. The, 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 the culture, the life, the, 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 the way the world works as you're alive, do not be conformed to it, to this age. And, and he, said, he had to tell them that back in the first century. And here we are in the 21st century, and we still need to be told, do not con be conformed to this world. And that word, be conformed, notice it's not do not conform to this world, but it's be conformed. It's passive. It's something that happens to you. That if you're not careful, the world will enable you, and you'll just slide right into being conformed to this world. And the fact that he had to tell them that back then and the fact that we need to know it now lets us know that this isn't a modern problem. This is a lifelong historical problem for the church and for all humanity. We will always be tempted to change, to fit in with a culture. And that's really what conformity is. It's just trying to fit in. It's trying to look like everybody else around us because if we've learned anything in life, if you're strange or different, you're going to be pointed out. And if you're strange and you're different, you might have that held against you. And we will always be tempted to change, 
just to fit in with a culture. And I do mean a culture, not just the culture. Because like I said, this can happen in churches. This happens all the time in youth groups. This can happen in good ways and in bad ways. Most of the time it happens in bad ways. Here's the, the main thing about this idea of being conformed. It's external only. It's external and it happens to you from outside. We're, we're looking at what's around us and we are becoming like them. And, and this can happen very easily and very quickly and we see it all around us. This is why we have politicians who 10 years ago held a view and said, this is the way it's always been. This is the way it always will be. And today, those same people, because they have people who continue to vote for them, they've completely changed their tune, haven't they? And they would disavow anybody, and they would say, you're a wicked, evil person if you don't conform to our current standards, even though just maybe three years ago, they had a different viewpoint. Maybe even just ten years ago, they had a different viewpoint. There are some times when uh, people conform for the better. They might have a wicked viewpoint and they realize that's not going to get me anywhere and they do change. I think far better, though, is what Paul calls us to, which is to be transformed, which we'll get to in just a second. But we've got to watch out for the, the ability and the desire in ourselves, really, to allow our appearance, our outward behavior, to allow who we are to be changed in keeping with that which is outside of us. That's what he's getting at. Because the age that you live in will always want you to change to it. And we're seeing this today, right? We're seeing this in our lives. We're, we're culturally, if you look at America today and what is being held up as, as moral isn't what was moral 10 years ago. And if you go to 10 years ago and look at what was being held up as moral, well, you can go further back and it wasn't moral then either. And there have been some changes that have been good. I would say getting rid of um, segregation and uh, mass racism in our culture has been a, a good thing. And for people to realize I must conform to this new way of living, that's been a good thing. But there is conformity that causes us to ignore truth. There is a conformity that causes us to deny ourselves and our truth and who we have been made in God's image. And that is not healthy. We have to be careful about shaping ourselves based on our outside influences that are around us. What does Paul call us to instead? He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to be transformed. Now, God wants us to change. The, the, the change that happens in conformity isn't the bad part. It's, it's the source of that change. The word to be transformed is, uh, the Greek word there is metamorpho, which is where we get metamorphosis from. And metamorphosis means to change, to, to, to be structurally different. It, it, is, it as well is made up of two uh, words that are compounded together. Meta, which means with, among, or after. And then morpho, which means to form, or to fashion, to shape, or to mold. Now here's the thing, is when you put them together in the way they are used, it has the idea less of being shaped by what you're with, but it's being 
change to form or fashion to shape or mold after or among. And it's the idea of what is with you, not what is around you, but more the idea of what is internally with you. It has the idea of transforming to represent your true self. That idea. What, what is inherent inside, let it shape and guide what is outside, is the idea. And, and so, for instance, in the Gospels, when Jesus takes uh, Peter, John, and James up on a mountain, and he is transfigured. When Scripture talks about him being transfigured, it's the same word uh, as to be transformed. He is in human form. He doesn't change being human, but there is something about him. There is the glory of God shining out of him that they are able to see him in his true form. He has been clothed in flesh and his, his glory has been hidden in a way. But when he is on that mountain and he transfigures before them, he is transformed. The inner reality of who he is is now evident outwardly. And we see him. And the disciples see him. That's what he's calling us and talking to us about. That, that we would not be changed by external forces, but that we would change from the inside out. And that's, that's God's way. God wants us to change, and God's way for us to change is from the inside out. And this is where, as, as churches, we've got to be careful, because a lot of times we can, we can put the pressure on people to conform, to dress a certain way, to talk a certain way. And, and that's what that football coach did for me. He, he let it be known that that language wasn't going to go far with him. But there was no heart change there was no internal change that was just a realization, I shouldn't use certain words around this person. And we can do that a lot of times within the church. We can, we can enforce external change, which is, which is when we are conformed. But what God wants is for us to be changed from the inside out, that we would be transformed, that specifically he focuses on the, you know, be, be uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that, that internally we would have a new mind, a new and, and reborn, in a way, way of thinking, of a living. The, the word mind there means reason and logic. And so I would say that it's, you know, we need a new way of thinking, a new way of living. We would probably in today's, in today, we would say maybe a change of heart, you know, but a lot of times when we're talking about heart, we're really talking about our minds. But he, would, he, he wants us to be transformed, to be changed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. In other words, our minds are by themselves not good. In fact, Romans chapter 1 tells us that God gave them over to a depraved mind. As, as, as humanity has rejected the Creator and worshipped the created, the refrain is God gave them over to a depraved mind. God has given us over to our sin. God has given us over to those things that are not good for us, that we have decided we want it. A depraved mind. We have sinful, corrupt minds. We are full of sin. And as we, what we need from Him 
is that He would transform us. Notice that word transformed. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's passive. Just like being conformed is passive. To be transformed is passive. It's something that happens to you. It happens to us if we acknowledge and allow God to do it. If we seek that He would help us to be changed, to transform us with the renewing of our mind, that we would have a different way of looking at the world, that we would see through His eyes. That we need to be renewed so that we may prove what the will of God is. See, we don't even know God's will at this stage in our lives until we go and say, Lord, I need you. We ask for forgiveness. We, we proclaim our faith in Jesus Christ. We start following Him. Now we need to be renewed. We need to, to, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need God to change our minds. If we're going to be changed and transformed, not by, not by outward influences where we just conform, oh, you know, I mean, the Ryrie Study Bible, NASB 1995, that's my go-to Bible because the pastor that was preaching when I became a believer, that's what he used. And so one day I went out and I threw down $70 on a new Bible. First time I ever bought a Bible for myself. And something big and honking like this, I carried it around in my school backpack. You know? There, there's an element of that which is conforming. Right? That's what he used. Well, I, I respected him. I looked up to him. I wanted to have the same thing, so I went out and got one. That's conforming. Okay? What God wants us to do, though, and has been beneficial to me, but God, what God wants us to do is to be changed from the inside out, and He begins that by changing our minds. And we need God to change our minds. We need Him to do it for us. We can't do it on our own. And, and, and here's the important thing. Is, again, I'll, I'll go back to school just because it seems to be more prevalent in, in life. A young guy becomes a Christian. Everybody's excited for him. The day before he became a Christian, he wasn't living very Christ-like. The day after he became a Christian, he probably still isn't living very Christ-like. And what do we do? We want him to conform. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, well, nowadays, I guess, what do you do? Delete music? You know, when I was, when I was a kid, you'd throw out your, DV, your uh, CDs. You know, prior to that, you threw out your tapes. Oh, no, these don't honor God anymore. I better get rid of them. And then about 10 years later, you find out God didn't care and you really regret getting rid of some good stuff, you know. But all the guys around you tell you, oh, you need to get rid of that. That's no good for you anymore. And so you get rid of it. That's conforming. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to allow him to change our minds, our way of thinking, and that we would be transformed by the, from the inside out, that as he renews our minds, as he teaches us, as we learn about Jesus, we are in our desire to be more like him, we start becoming more like him. Instead of the conforming, which is this is an external uh, power upon us. No, it's a changing where our heart is changed and then our outward life is changed. Our behavior changes. Our thoughts change. Our way of talking changes. That's what he's calling us to. And, and, and this is where 
it gets difficult, especially in the church. Because we got to give people the, the ability, the freedom, the room to allow God to change their mind first. And as he changes our minds, then we become transformed. What we have to avoid and watch out for is, is taking the easy route, which is conformity. Just to conform. Just go, you know, go along to get along. I'm going to change this thing so that these people will be happy with me. Instead, what he says is that we should not conform, not be conformed by this world, by the age we are in. And so we need to, even as believers, not conform, but allow one another to be maybe a little bit different as we are waiting for God to change our minds, to, to give people the grace to not be perfect, to dress in ways that I wouldn't want them to dress, maybe to speak in ways that I don't agree with, maybe to have thoughts or opinions that I don't think are biblical, but maybe, just maybe, I need to let them nurse a while before they get into the meat. And let God be the one who decides when they're ready for that next course. We have to be careful about it because we don't want to give in to just letting you know, anybody just you know, let sin abound so that grace may increase. No, that's not what we're talking about. But allowing people to grow in Christ. And, and here's the thing. He says here in, in the second part of the verse, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and, a per, and perfect. That word good, that means it's intrinsically good. It's, it's by nature a good thing. There are some things that are just intrinsically good, right? And, and then we already saw last week, acceptable means it's pleasing to God. And that word perfect, that word perfect, it, it, I don't know about you, maybe we get a little bit uh, worried about being called to be perfect. But the word perfect has the idea of reaching your end, of maturity, of, of completing a course. To be perfect doesn't mean no mistakes necessarily. Although we know God is perfect because He, he has no sin. I would say probably the, the truth is, is He has no sin because He's perfect, not the other way around. But for us to be perfect means to, for us to complete what God is doing in us. Let me ask you, how, how quickly does it happen that God completes what he's doing in you? How long does it take to mature, maybe? Is, is maturity an overnight thing? It's not. And, and to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, it's not an overnight thing. You can't just wake up one day and prove what God's will is. It's, what does it mean to prove? It means, this word means to test to try, to discern by testing even. Uh, you prove things over time. You, you, you can't prove it all at once. Uh, you know, even with the scientific method, what we do, we, we, we set it up, we say, this is my hypothesis, this is my test, this is, you know, was I right, was I wrong? And then what needs to happen? Somebody else somewhere else has to be able to do the same thing. And then somebody else somewhere else needs to be able to do the exact same thing. And after a whole bunch of people have done the same thing, we are able to prove this. Proving takes time. And, and the downside to the situation is, is that which is good for us takes time. To be transformed takes time. To prove God's will takes time. To become perfect and mature in our faith 
takes time. You know what doesn't take time? Conformity. To be conformed takes no time at all. We see this every day where where somebody just wakes up tomorrow and they say, you're crazy if you don't agree with this position. And the next thing you know, a week later, you're crazy if you don't believe with that position. And and a lot of us have been in the place in the last uh, decade or so of, of becoming increasingly crazy compared to the world around us that, in my opinion, is progressively crazier. Because conformity just, it's... It's so fast. All you got to do is say what everybody else is saying. You know, this is what George Orwell was pointing out in 1984 when when they were always at war with Eurasia. Even though yesterday Eurasia was their friend. But today we're always at war. They conform. There are powers today that want us to conform. They They can be good powers you know, there can be good things where, where you know, as a father, I, I, to a certain extent, want my kids to conform to our way of living as sea souls. But God is calling us to something greater. He is calling us to be transformed. That we would have Him change our minds. That in time we would know His will. But that's, that's the struggle. That's the problem. It takes time. Growing in God's will takes It's not overnight. It's not quick and easy. And so we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with one another. And we have to let God do His work. I think most of us, we're pretty good about not, or at least recognizing that there's a struggle to conform with this age. More and more, we're going to have to to decide how much are we willing to look like the world around us and how much are we going to look like Christ. Christ. Both of these things can be conforming. We we can be focused on, I'm going to act like the church, like the body of Christ, or we can be focused on, I am going to act like the world. Both of those are conforming. What we are called to is to have God renew our hearts and our minds, to give us a new way of looking at the world so that we might be transformed by Him. That's what He calls us to. That's what He desires to do as we offer ourselves a living and holy sacrifice. But we've got to recognize it's going to take time. So if somebody around you is not transforming to the same place that you're transforming, or they haven't transformed to the same degree that you've transformed, I need to encourage you not to try to get them to conform to you. How do we do that? I think we do it by pushing them back, directing our focus to God's Word. You know, Paul had a lot of opportunities to make people conform. He talked about, uh, you know, not living in a certain way if it causes a brother or a sister to be offended. But always he went back to God. It wasn't to uh, just be like everybody else. No, he was going back to God going back to grace, going back to what He is doing in our lives. There there were powers in the church at His time that were looking to conform and make people conform. You had the, 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 the movement of the circumcisers who wanted all the Gentile believers, the men, to be circumcised. That's some conformity right there. And Paul, Paul said, no, no, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when he talked to people about how we lived, it was 
always going back to God, always hoping and trusting in God, never behave this way because I said so, because this is what a good Christian looks like, but always going back to God. And so I'm not saying we can't encourage one another in our behavior or our thought process or our lives and to try to help one another change and to grow. We can do that, but it's focused on this renewing of the mind. The first step is to get that person that you're trying to help. Help them see it in God's way. Help them to desire to know God's will. Help them to see how what they might be doing is out of God's will and what His will might be. Not just an external change, but that internal heart change. That's what he is calling us to. That is what he hopes for us. So I hope that this week, as you reflect on this verse, you will think about all the opportunities you have to conform to this world, to be conformed by this world. I hope that you'll think about what does it mean to be transformed, to be changed, to reflect that which is inside of you, that new heart, that new mind that Christ has given you, that externally we would start to show what He has done internally in us. I pray that that will be what you think of as we, as we reflect on this verse this week. Let's say it again one more time before we close. Let us say this together again. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have given us Your Son, that You have blessed us with Your Holy Spirit, that we might know Your will that You can speak to us through Your Word and and help us to grow in Your will. We pray, Father, that You would help us not to be conformed to the world, not be conformed to this age. This age is changing and it will ask us to conform again in, in a little bit of time. Lord, our culture, our world is like the person who is buffeted by the wind one way, then the next. Lord, instead, may we be steady, growing in Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that we would hold on to You as as the powers around us demand conformity. Lord, may may we be courageous enough to stand separate. And we ask, Lord, that You would be renewing our minds. That You would be changing our way of thinking. That we would know Your will. That we would be able to prove it. That over time we would recognize how are You calling us to live. And that our desire to be Yours would be so great that You would be changing us in our hearts and our minds. And then those around us would see those changes in how we live. Father, help us to give grace to one another to to help each other Have the time to grow in Christ first. We ask, Father, and pray for those who aren't able to grow because they have not placed their faith in Jesus. Lord, may they see the power of the world around them and how it continues to push them towards sin, to rebellion against You. 
May they desire to not live in rebellion, but to be yours. To be forgiven of their sins. We pray, Lord, that they would cry out to you. That they would believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And that you would start that process in them of renewing their mind. We ask and pray this for them today in Jesus' name. Amen.